This episode of Red or Dead is sponsored by the Read Harder Journal. Created by Book Riot, this smartly designed reading log consists of entry pages to record stats, impressions, and reviews of each book you read. Evenly interspersed amongst these entry pages are 12 challenges inspired by Book Riot's annual Read Harder initiative, which began in 2015 to encourage readers to pick up passed over books, try out new genres, and choose titles from a wide range of voices and perspectives. Indulge your inner book nerd and read a book about books, get a new perspective on current events by reading a book written by an immigrant, find a hidden gem by reading a book published by an independent press, and so much more. Each challenge includes an inspiring quotation, an explanation of why the challenge will prove to be rewarding, and five book recommendations that fulfill the challenge. This is a great gift for readers. It also includes a graph to track reading over the course of a year and a fill-in to-be-read pile. It's a flexi-bound journal with two color illustrations throughout, an elastic closure and ribbon marker to hold your page. So be sure to pick up the Read Harder journal today. Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 40, and we are recording on Wednesday, December 5th. I'm Katie McLean, along with Rincey Abraham, and we're coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Katie. Hi, Rincey. How are you? I'm doing good. It's uh, December, and that's crazy. Yeah, what what happened to November? I honestly have no idea. I, like, blinked, and it was over. And, like, November's, like, my month, because it's my birthday month, and so I always try to, like, really embrace it and i feel like this year just slipped through my fingers <laughs> i feel like i actually you know what i feel like that with every month now i think like mm-hmm. okay there's you know i'm i'm going to enjoy spring i'm going to enjoy fall and halloween and christmas and every year since i left college it feels like or even during college just something happens where i can't appreciate it and then i'm thinking oh it's all it's next year yeah you know, we'll wait till we'll, we'll have something to appreciate next year one of these days i will hopefully be able to slow down and enjoy stuff but i seriously do not know what happened to november yeah but it's okay we have our wonderful holiday recommendation show now though because it's december and it's time for the holidays oh that was a nice segue hey, thanks <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we get into that, um, if you are new to our podcast, welcome. You picked a great episode to join in. Like Renzi said, we have our um, holiday recommendations coming up and people uh, sent us questions and uh, asked for recommendations for books that they either they were interested in um, or they were um, they were looking for recommendations for someone else who's super into um, mysteries and thrillers. So we've got some really, really great books to talk about um, coming up. Um, in general, with this podcast, we talk about mysteries and suspense and thrillers and anything and everything in between, whether it's movie adaptations, new releases, uh, themed reading lists, exploring a subgenre, whatever the case may be. Um, we, if it's if it's happening, we're probably we're hopefully going to talk about it. So, if you have any uh, questions, topics, ideas. Um, looking for recommendations, anything like that, uh, we always provide our contact information at the end of the show so that you can reach out to us um, with any ideas that you may have. Um, as always, we, we mentioned that we uh, that we use a lot of these ideas to um, inspire upcoming episodes. Um, it 
gives us opportunities to try out subgenres that we maybe aren't as familiar with. So we love uh, we love uh, questions and suggestions from all of our lovely listeners. So um, if you have an idea, please do let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And then before we jump into the recommendations, like they this the last couple of weeks, I guess, decided that it was just going to be huge in terms of like relevant mystery and suspense related news. So not only do we have recommendations, but we had a, we had a bunch of news items. So I'm like, I don't know how to how to pick. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think I can weed any of these down. So we're just going to run through them really quickly. Um, first and foremost, I'm super excited because the news came out that Stars has picked up uh, Dublin Murders, which, as you know, if you have listened to the show before, you know that the Dublin Murders uh, is going to be an upcoming TV show based on the Dublin Murder Squad series by the one and only lovely magical mystery writing unicorn Tana French. Woo-hoo. Woohoo! And so now we have we have news about um, about the TV show, and then there is uh, casting info in the article as well. Um, I know my friends and I, actually mostly some of my other friends, but they have been speculating about who they would want to have in a ton of French adaptation, who they would want to play these different characters. Um, so now that there is casting information, I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is this is real. This is actually happening happening yeah it's uh coming in 2019 which is not that far away so Uh, we're gonna see this very soon and if you click on the link that's gonna be in the show notes you can actually see a picture of the two people who are cast um i like the casting based on the picture alone i've never seen uh either these people sorry i should probably say their names killian scott um is playing rob Riley and then Sarah he was in apparently uh the Corman Strike series and then uh Sarah Green was in Penny Dreadful um I don't know again either of these actors but just like based on the vibe I'm getting from the photo I feel like this is good casting <laughs> No I totally agree especially for Rob I looked at yes. that and went that's Rob that's yeah. Rob like maybe a little bit not necessarily older, like just maybe a little more chiseled, maybe, or yes. like just a little bit more like mm. scruff or like, yeah. yeah, yeah, a little bit. But overall, I'm like, that's it. They got it. Yeah. So I'm so just, yeah, just on that, I'm excited. And uh, one thing I also want to note for all of our listeners in case they were like us over at Book Riot and we're like, ugh, now we have to subscribe to another freaking cable service. Apparently, if you have Hulu, you can like add on stars. I think it costs a little bit more, um, but just so you're aware. So when it comes out, you don't have to like figure out a whole new subscription service. You can just, if you have a Hulu subscription, you can just add stars as another one of the channels you get access to, which is great. Except we got rid of our Hulu subscription because we were so sick of having so many subscriptions. I mean, but I think adding on a Hulu subscription is like better than adding on just a single star subscription, in my opinion. Like, that is I, true. I would rather like just subscribe to something like Hulu where I'm like, okay, at least I'm getting stars as well as all of these other channels or shows or whatever that I could potentially watch. Um, but yeah, I understand completely. <laughs> yeah, I'm. We might we might just see like. Because Blaine has subscribed to most of these different services at one point or another, depending on what show is being is being aired at that time. So maybe I can use my information and sign up for like a free trial or something. Yeah, to watch this, and then we can cancel it once the show's over. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then oh my god, we 
so I'm, I'm just scrolling through our news. We've got so many uh, movie adaptation uh, news. Um, I'll go ahead and do the next one. Um, so this this is adaptation news for a book that has not even been released yet. Um, next year, there's going to be um, a thriller called As Long As We Both Shall Live by Joanne Chaney. It is supposed to be an amazingly bonkers good psychological suspense, I think, serial killer novel. Um, but I have been told to learn as little about this book before I read it as possible. Um, however, I did learn that it is going to be adapted into a film. So get this movie on your radar and get this book on your radar because you'll, this, from what I'm hearing from everyone, this is going to be one of the big thrillers of next year. And so you'll definitely want to, want to, uh, keep an eye out for that one. All right. Uh, next up on the list, uh, we found out that there is going to be an adaptation of Jane Harper's The Dry, and Eric Bana has been cast as uh, the lead character, which I wouldn't have cast Eric Bana as the lead if I was like in my head, that's not who the type of person I was imagining. Like, I feel like Eric Bana's too good looking i don't know maybe that's just like i feel like i don't know he's i i imagined uh i don't even remember where what the main character's name is and it doesn't even say it in the article um, aaron falk i have you. it in my notes <laughs> thank you um yeah in my head aaron falk was not this like put together but maybe they'll like rough him up a little for the movie or something like that because that's how i imagined it in my head so yes uh jane harper fans uh there will be an adaptation of the dry starring eric Bana coming soon yeah, I was the same way. And also, is it just me or am I the only one who pictured Aaron Falk as blonde in the book? Oh, okay. I mean, I, I don't uh, – I'm trying to think like in my head. No, I mean, I had him as like a brown but like a lighter brown. Mm-hmm. Not quite blonde though. Maybe like sandy haired or something. Yeah, I pictured maybe. him with lighter hair. And I'm like, look, I'm not going to say no to Eric Bana. I'm yeah. just – you know, I'm just saying – he would not have been my first thought, but I'm like, look, I'm I'm not going to complain too much. Yeah, um, same. Well, he'll be just fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then uh, HBO is ordering an adaptation of Stephen King's novel, The Outsider, which was released last year. Um, I haven't read it yet. It seems like it would. It seems like it's kind of a mix between mystery and horror. My library classifies it as mystery, so I put it in the in these in these news updates. Um, so we are going to have um, another Stephen King adaptation coming from HBO. So hopefully you haven't. Well, I don't know. I was going to say hopefully you haven't canceled your subscriptions from when Sharp Objects was out this year because you'll might want to might want to uh, reinstate it for The Outsider. But um, but yeah, so that's going to be coming up. All right. And uh, speaking of The Outsider and Stephen King, that actually works out pretty well. Um, The Goodreads Choice Awards finished. um, And The Outsider by Stephen King actually won for the mystery and thriller category. I don't know if you realize that. I did, actually. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, they happened. (laughs) We already, like, talked about our, like, apathy towards the uh, Goodreads Choice Awards and how just boring they are. I, I do think it's a little bit disappointing. I mean, as mu- as great as Stephen King is, like, I don't like the fact that he won two categories. Yeah. Um, that's probably, like, my one thing where I'm like, the rest of them, I'm just like, yeah, it's not terrible. Like, it makes sense. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think at that point, like, when we talked about it last time, I just really did not want The President is Missing to win. I was like, I swear to God, if that thing wins just because it's James freaking Patterson, I'm going to punch someone in the face because that book was <laughs> terrible. 
So that was just like my one thing where I was just like, as long as that doesn't win, I'll be fine. The rest of them, I was like, yeah, it's fine, whatever. Um, <laughs> I have so much apathy towards the Goodreads Choice Awards because it's just like the People's Choice Awards where like no one actually pays attention to it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but this year they did do the best of the best. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, The Hate You Give won. And I know that's not, not technically a mystery, but that book is amazing and I think deserves all of the accolades. So I, that one, I'm like, you you guys got that one right. That was yeah, awesome. And also, I'll Be Gone in the Dark did win for nonfiction. Which, yes, it did. Uh, is also pretty great. Um, and I was like kind of surprised. Not surprised. Well, I mean, I guess they don't have a true crime like section. Like, I mean, I, again, I'm, I'm not going to rant about the Goodreads Choice Awards again, but really, like, how is there just a general? nonfiction where it has books like Bad Blood and I'll Be Gone in the Dark but also Girl Wash Your Face and Reese Witherspoon's new book like that doesn't make no sense to me at all like why would those be in the same categories sorry the, yeah no no no, no. I, I totally agree it makes no sense this this sounds like me starting to get revved up about how bookstores cat- how they uh, how used bookstores classify some of their books where are like fictions and nonfiction and like something's over in mystery. I'm like this is clearly fantasy. Why is this over here? Oh my gosh, I do this every time I go to half price books. I do too. <laughs> I'm always like wandering through the general fiction section. I'm like, why are there so many mystery books in here? <laughs> like, they should all be in the mystery section. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Blaine, like, he, he sometimes has to, like, pull me away from the shelf, like, it's okay, dear. <laughs> but I'm like, this is nonfiction over here in the fiction shelf. I don't know who put this here. Yeah. This is not where it's supposed to be. And this is horror. Why is this over in regular fiction? This needs to be over here. And I'm just like, and he's like, it's, it's okay. You, he's like, you need to breathe. <laughs> You're not at work right now. And I'm like, it bothers me. <laughs> I understand. I understand your pain. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> Okay, well, I think we should probably leave it there for the news items. Probably, yeah. Um, And before we get into our recommendations, um, we have our first official sponsor, which is Penguin Random House Audio. And the... uh, we just know holidays are happier with audiobooks. It's just a fact of life. Um, celebrate the holidays this year with audiobooks. Um, you can incorporate them into all aspects of your holiday prep, and you may find you are enjoying the season more than you ever have. Um, they have a guide to listening throughout your house, whether listening with your family in the living room, in the kitchen while cooking up delicious meals, or baking for that big party, in the bedroom when you escape the busyness of the day, or even as you head out on that road trip to visit family and friends. Penguin Random House Audio offers a few listening suggestions for each room of your house and then links out to a larger collection. Give yourself the gift of audiobooks with bestsellers like Debbie McComer, Brene Brown, family favorites like Harry Potter, and even the Magic Tree House. Um, and you can find your story at penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash bookriot. And we thank them very much for sponsoring the show. All right. So as we mentioned at the top, uh, this is our holiday recommendations episode. And so a handful of you guys wrote in. Thank you so much to everyone who did. Um, Some of you guys are looking for recommendations for yourself, some for other people. So hopefully we can help provide some good recommendations. Um, So first we have one from Erica. She says, hey, Rinsey and Katie, do you have a cozy mystery recommendation with diverse characters? I feel like they're hard to come by. I just read Death by Dumpling by Vivian Chen and loved it. And I plan to continue the Noodle Shop series, but I'm hoping for more like it. Thanks. Um, So, uh, Katie, do you want to kick things off with this first one? Sure. Um, First of all, you're not wrong. It is very difficult 
um, to find cozy mysteries with diverse characters or written by diverse authors. Um, so yeah, you are, you are definitely correct in that, in that statement. Um, I I hope it's not considered cheating be- that the two books I I picked we've already mentioned multiple times on this show but I still feel like they would fit the bill really well. Um so the first one I I won't go into too much detail cuz I've talked about it like so much but The Widows of Malabar Hill by Sujata Masi. Um it's uh it's not what you may consider a typical cozy mystery. It's not you know, the person doesn't have, you know, an organic soap shop and there isn't a cat on the cover. And I know I'm I'm being a little flippant here, but that's kind of what we think about when we think cozy mysteries. So this um, this is a historical mystery. It takes place in 1920s Bombay. Main character, Praveen Mystery, is um, her character is actually based on the actual first female lawyer in India around that time. Um, and in the book, uh, Praveen is working with her father's... Um, with her father's uh, legal office, and he asks her to look into a complicated situation involving a will where a uh, wealthy Muslim businessman left uh, everything that he owned to his widows, who are in turn giving up their, in, who are uh, basically surrendering their entire inheritance. They say voluntarily, but Praveen thinks that something is up. Um, and because of their, because of their culture and because of their mourning customs, uh, uh, the women um, are not allowed um, are not allowed to interact with men. Well, actually, it's not just the morning customs. That's um, how how their relationship and their and their um, their traditions operate. Um, but they're not allowed to interact with men. So Praveen is naturally the um, makes the most sense for her to talk to them and figure out you know settle the will, figure out what's going on. Uh, but as she's looking into the matter, um, someone at the uh, someone on their property turns up dead. And so clearly there's something more going on. Um, this book, it's um, it, it fits the cozy mystery uh, idea of, you know, there's no murder on screen. It's not at all gory. Like all of the violence happens off screen. Um, so you don't have to worry, you don't have to worry about coming across that. Um, a lot of cozies are more lighthearted. Um, this one, there's, it's a, the author just has a beautiful writing style and Praveen is such a fascinating, uh, compassionate, but, but tough character. She's, she's just so much, she's fantastic to read about. Um, and the book doesn't shy away about from serious topics. Like, you know the role of women in this culture and the the um disc- and the the barriers that are put up for women who want to establish their place in the professional world um and establish their ind- their independence so um there are a lot of um more serious topics that they talk about in the in the book so um it's not so yeah not exactly lighthearted but it's just it's just a delightfully interesting, fascinating, wonderful read um, that I think would really appeal if you're looking for something for a cozy mis- cozy mystery or something with a similar feel. Um, so again, that's Widows of Malabar Hill by Sujata Masi, and we'll see how many episodes I can get before I mention that one again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's worth it, though. Uh, she does have a new book coming out next year, so I know, it's probably so gonna, excited. <laughs> probably going to come up a couple more times at least. <laughs> All right. Um, I have like a million books I could recommend to you because I also love cozy 
Well, I don't love cozy mysteries, but I do like cozy mysteries and I like books with diverse characters. Um, the first one is going to be a series that, again, we've talked about before on the show, uh, but again, bringing it up because it's a great one. It's The Unexpected Inheritance of Inspector Chopra. This is the first book in the Baby Ganesh Agency Investigations. Um, this is by Vasim Khan. So this is like basically like your straight up cozy mystery, but it has a slightly harder edge to it, um, which is how I like my cozies. Um, so you are following um, Inspector Chopra, who recently retired from the police department. Um, the story takes place in India, by the way. I did forgot to mention that. Um, and he like basically doesn't know what to do with himself now that he's retired because he's so used to working all the time. Um, but he hears about this case of this boy who drowns um, and it's really suspicious, but no one wants to deal with it because I believe that he's from like a lower class. Um, and then so he starts looking into it himself as like an independent detective. Um, and then it's called like the Baby Ganesh Agency series because he also gets a baby elephant from I think it's his uncle or something like that. It just like shows up at his house. It's really great. Um, and there's like the baby elephant is there for like the rest of the series, just so you're aware. Um, yeah, it's just like a really fun story that has like a really good mystery to it. Um, like I said, I really like mysteries with grit or not grit, but like a little bit of a bite to it. Like I don't like it when it veers too far to the cozy side. Um, so I feel like this one is a really good balance. And there are, I think like four or five books out in this series. So if you read the first one and you like it, um, you have like plenty more to keep going with the series. So again, that's The Unexpected Inheritance of Inspector Chopra by Vaseem Khan. Okay. And then um, another book that we have talked about on the show, um, maybe not quite as many times as The Widows of Malabar Hill, but I know we have um, both, uh, Rincey and I have read this one, um, is Hollywood Homicide by Kelly Garrett. This is a, this is a contemporary uh, sort of, um, I, again, I mean, cozy mystery, it both fits and it doesn't fit the description of this book. Um it's uh it takes place in it's in LA the main character Dana Anderson is a struggling actress trying she's perpetually broke um and she really wants her parents are on the verge of losing their house and she really wants to find some way that she can help them make the payments so that they can keep their house and she um a, she accidentally witnesses what turns out to be a fatal hit and run and then she learns that there's a like a $15,000 reward so she's like hey i saw this happen there's money involved let me see if i can you know figure something out um but what she doesn't realize is that what appears to at first be a hit, just a hit and run, is actually tied to this ongoing uh, Hollywood crime spree where um, celebrities have, where celebrities' homes have been uh, broken into, and there's a lot more going on than she initially realized. Um, this book, it's if you're looking for something lighthearted, this definitely fits the bill. It's fun. It's got kind of like a light kind of gossipy kind of feel to it like you know you're in hollywood and like all of these celebrities uh there there's um stuff with you know paparazzi and clubs and the the uh main character like she there's this one store where she loves to go shopping um and so she's like she loves fashion um and she kind of she really fits the definition of amateur detective like really put the emphasis on amateur like i first when i was reading the book i was like 
she's not, I'm like, she's making, like, why is she making, like, making these decisions? Why is she doing this stuff? This doesn't make any sense. But then I'm like, well, you think about it. What would the average person do if they were in a, in a situation where they were investigating some of the stuff? They make some pretty dumb decisions, but it's, it's always, it's funny. It's engaging. Um, and it also, it's an award-winning book. It won both the uh, Anthony Award and the Agatha Award, I think, for Best First Novel. Um, both of those awards are geared primarily towards um, cozy mysteries or cozy or mysteries that kind of fall into that category. Um, but it's it's a lot of fun. And it's it's diff- It's definitely different than, than what you think of as a cozy mystery. And it, let's see, I know the second book is out, and they. I think the third one is coming out. I can't remember, but I know there's at least two to read. Um, but if this sounds like it's up your alley, the, book, the first book in the series, again, is Hollywood Homicide by Kelly Garrett. All right. And then I have two more recommendations. I'm just going to go through those two really quickly. Um, the first one, if you want like a straight up cozy mystery recipes and all, um, you can do Murder with Fried Chicken and Waffles by A.L. Herbert. This is the first in um, like the Soul Food Mystery Series. And you are following this character who owns a soul food restaurant in Maryland. And it, her name is Halia Watkins. And she runs the company or she runs a restaurant with her cousin, uh, Wavon. And basically what happens is they find th- their basically like silent business partner dead in their restaurant. They panic. They decide to move the body to the dumpster outside, but then the body goes missing and ends up in the river. Or I think it's like whatever the major body of water is by them. Um, (laughs) I don't know if it's the ocean or river or what. Um, Anyways. uh, (laughs) There's a big difference between those two words. (laughs) I know, but in my head, whenever a body just shows up in water, they're all just rivers. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Anyways, that's a completely different tangent for another day. So, uh, yes, <laughs> that's the basic idea. And so, like, obviously they fall into trouble because, like, they had – they, like, moved the mo- body and all of this stuff. Um, and they realized that their business partner had enemies that could also have an impact on their restaurant. And so, yeah, uh, it's one of those – stories that's like really fun and silly like the main characters are really like sarcastic and they like rag on each other all the time um and like i said it also comes with uh recipes so if you like your cozy mysteries to come with recipes then this is an one you can try and again that's murder with fried chicken and waffles by al herbert uh, the other one that I have is Auntie Lee's Delights, which is the first book in the Singaporean mystery series by Ovidia Yu. Um, Ovidia Yu just wrote the Frajipani Tree Mysteries, which I think we mentioned in the last episode or maybe two episodes ago as a new release that was coming out. That one's a historical mystery. Um, so if you like historical mysteries, that's one you can check out. But if you want one that's, again, more on the cozy side of things – this is one um you are following um Rosie Lee who or Auntie Lee she, uh she's like this widow who's basically just like a giant gossip and super nosy and uh she also runs a restaurant but this one it takes place in Singapore and so um basically a murder happens and she starts looking into it just because she's like this really nosy auntie living in Singapore and just gossips with her, all her friends. And she, this is like, again, truly one of those like, uh, 
true amateur detective things because like she just like uses her connections within uh society in order to basically figure out what's going on because um she thinks that she would be like more helpful to the police because she like knows more about what's going on in society so yeah if you like those sort of like silly light fun uh really cozies then i think that uh auntie lee's delights by ovidia you would also be a good one to check out and i think there's like a handful of these um out now so that is again another series that you can uh dip your toes into <laughs> all right well to completely change subjects or com- change focus our next question uh which i thought th- i thought this was a great question um it says i was wondering if you have any recommendations for books similar to the tv show black mirror i already read children of the new world and really liked it but i don't know where to i don't know what to read next i've also read some books by margaret atwood thank you uh from carolina um which i have to say i have n- i've seen like one or two episodes of black mirror um so it's not a show i'm super familiar with but i definitely know the premise of it and i just i think that oh so many interesting books to delve into. So, Rincey, I'll let you kick this one off. Yeah. So the first one that I thought of was Info- Infomocracy by Malka and Older. This is actually the first book in, I think it's a trilogy. I think the series, like I know three books are out and I think that completes the three, but I haven't read them all, so I can't say for sure. Um, so, yeah, this one takes place in a future that feels similar to our own, but it's definitely like the future. Um, this one is sort of like, science fiction thrillery um it basically takes place um it says 20 years in two election cycles uh since information with a capital i which is a major search engine monopoly basically changed the way that elections and democracy and everything like that takes place in the world um and it's basically this major political cyberpunk spy thriller type of thing um it's one of those things where like it came out in 2016 yeah it came out in 2016 um but then after like the 2016 elections happened it was like one of those books that felt like a little too creepy and a little too real um yeah because it came out in june and then obviously we had the elections in november and it was like one of those things where you're just like oh god we are headed in this direction with like people very like single monopolies controlling like all of the information and just all of this stuff so yeah it's like one of those books that feels really eerie but it has like a spy thriller sense to it and it is three books um three books are out now and i'm i'm pretty sure the series is complete but don't quote me on that um so you can like read the whole thing now and be complete um so again that's infomocracy by malka ann older Okay, so um, my first pick for this question um, is Dark Net by Benjamin Percy. So um, so this book, I, w- I will say, for some, some of these books that, that I am suggesting, some of these I have not personally read, uh, this is one of them, um, but I am familiar with the book um, to where I feel like this, this would uh, probably fit the bill. Um, this book, I will give a heads up, is much more on the horror end of the spectrum, but it's it's like a blend between like cyber thriller and horror. Um, so just to give you that heads up. Um, but the very basic premise is that there's a group of people, a group of misfits are 
basically pitted against demons that have infiltrated the, like the darkest corners of the internet like you know the dark web and like you know about the dark web this is like below the dark web the dark net where basically where if if a demon was trying to possess someone in the 21st century where would they go they would go into this dark net where people are able to live out their really sadistic desires and fantasies. Um, so it's it's a supernatural cyber thriller, um, which to me, I'm just like, this book has been on my radar for a while, but as I was reading more about it, I'm like, yeah, I think I want to I want to read this one. Um, so supernatural cyber thriller that really looks at how much our lives and our even our identities are infiltrated and shaped by technology, which really, I mean, that's basically the, the, the main premise of Black Mirror is, you know, the, the unsettling ways that technology uh, could potentially uh, affect our lives and, and how we live our day-to-day existence. Um, so again, that is Dark Net by Benjamin Percy. All right. And then my final one for this question uh, is Futureland by Walter Mosley. Um, this is a collection of short stories that are all like connected short stories. So since you liked um, Children of the New World, you might like this one as well, um, because I believe Children of the New World is also connected short stories, or I think it's short stories. I don't think they're connected. Um, but anyways, Futureland, these are all short stories that take place in the same world. And there are nine interconnected stories where characters reappear. Um, and it basically, again, is just about the ways that technology is affecting our world. And so it takes place in the future where technology has basically emphasized it, – it's basically like made the poor poorer and it has made the – justice system worse and it has um basically given rise to more fringe groups and racist agendas um it's really heartbreaking but it like highlights on a major scale sort of like the oppression that technology can create um and just the, the ways that again as Katie was saying, like the way Black Mirror does it, like highlights sort of like the things that people don't realize technology can do in order to emphasize like the more terrible parts of human society, which, you know, that's a really, you know, great way to sell a book, I suppose. Um, <laughs> but like it, it is that sort of like dystopian idea of like what is what is technology pushing us towards? And I think that Walter Mosley does a really good job of sort of like looking at it from kind of a social justice lens in the sense of that he looks at things like racism and poverty and stuff like that and the way that technology uh, could potentially really um, push them, push that further or push, make that worse basically in our society. All right. Um Oops, lost my notes there. Okay, so my second suggestion is The Feed by Nick Clark Window, W-I-N-D-O. And this is a, uh, this is like a cyber post-apocalyptic thriller. Um, In this book, there is, um, there's this thing called The Feed, all of these books seem to have this, like, you know, it's the feed, the the Im- or information. There's that movie, The Stuff. Um, <laughs> um, but this one, uh, it's called The Feed. And it's 
technology that instantly connects people to news, whatever information they need, other people's thoughts and memories. Okay, so it's like basically it's like Facebook gone like a couple steps beyond what they currently are. I feel like, um, but it, this is this is a technology that's that's just it's everywhere, and people are people society is addicted to the feed. It can be accessed by anyone, anytime. Every interaction, every emotion, every image can be shared through it, and it's just it's everywhere. Um, and the Tom and Kate, uh, the main characters, they use the feed, but they have resisted addiction to it. Um, unlike pretty much everyone else in society. And this is good because they, everyone in the book is about to find out what happens when the feed crashes. Like you think it's bad. Like we freak out when Facebook goes down for a couple of minutes. Imagine what this is like. It just, it just collapses and society collapses along with it. Um, and at first, as they, the whole world basically just descends into chaos, Tom and Kate think that they, that they're doing pretty well because they, they have been able to resist addiction so they can, they can cope with the changes better than pretty much everyone else around them until their six year old daughter goes missing. Because how do you find someone in a world without technology? And what happens when you can no longer trust that your loved ones are really who they claim to be? So this is, so again, it's, it's got that, um, there's a word I'm looking for, and it's going to come to me probably after we stop recording, but um, just the fact that technology just permeates every aspect of our lives now, it really kind of takes that concept and then expands on it. You know, what happens when we don't have access to this anymore? And what and what happens when things go bad? And we and all of a sudden we need that technology and we no longer have it. Um, so so yeah, if you're if you're looking for something kind of post apocalyptic, this would probably fit the bill. Um, in their review, Kirkus described this book as the road meets Station Eleven meets Oryx and Crake. So I thought this would be a good suggestion since you mentioned that you've read some Margaret Atwood. Um, and then another um, another publication also threw in some Invasion of the Body Snatchers going on there. So there's a lot going on in this book. Um, so so yeah. This seems like it would be a really, really interesting look at um, that aspect of technology. So if that sounds like it's up your alley, um, make sure to check out The Feed by Nick Clark Window. All right. We are just jumping all over the place, but that's the great thing about our listeners. Um, So next up, um, we have a question from Annette or a request from Annette. She says, I need a book for a 92-year-old woman in a nursing home. Her favorite type of book is mysteries. She loves the authors Michael Conley, John Grisham, James Patterson. Any suggestions? Yes. Yes, we do. And I was and I was telling Rinsey before we started recording, since I work in a public library, I mean, you just named the top three authors at our, at our library. Like, if you expand it to romance, we got Nora Roberts in there. But um, we get so many requests for, for these authors. And it's hard for me because I, I always want to direct people to not necessarily towards, you know, big best-selling authors, because I'm like, everyone knows about them. But I have to remember that not everyone does know about every best-selling author. I just happen too, because I see their books day in and day out. Um, So for my first suggestion, this is a best-selling author, but one that's maybe not quite as 
as well known or as best selling as the other one as the other uh, authors, uh, and that's Jeffrey Deaver, who I think to keep up with this theme, I'm pretty sure I mentioned him in our last episode when I was talking about the new um, adaptation of his book, The Bone Collector, which would be the the book that I would um, recommend starting with. It's the first book in his Lincoln Rhyme series, and. Um, just as a whole, Jeffrey Deaver writes, he writes fast-paced, um, fast-paced, uh, uh, mysteries with a lot of forensic detail. Um, there's lots of plot twists, a really strong sense of menace with lots of psychological overtones. Um, so it's kind of like a blend between Michael Connelly, James Patterson, and John Grisham. Like, you have the details of Grisham in a different setting, more forensics than than uh, legal thriller. Um, but you have the psychological elements of James Patterson. You have the grittiness of Michael Connelly. Um, and his book, The Bone Collector, um, like I said, is the first book in the Lincoln Rhyme series. Uh, Lincoln Rhyme is a... Uh, he used to be a criminologist, um, just a forensic genius, but he was uh, an accident left him physically and um, emotionally uh, scarred. He is a quadriplegic, so he is his um, mobility and what he can and what he is able to do is very limited. Um, but then he um, he meets Amelia Sachs, who is a young police detective, and he kind of. Uh, he she helps him investigate um, what you know kind of investigate this horrific murder that that happened and he kind of walks her through some of the things to look for when she's when she's investigating um, a crime scene and collecting forensic evidence um, it's a it's really fast-paced it's really dark um, and it's yeah it's it's gritty it's there's just there's so much going on, and there are so many layers to the characters. I really loved the characters in this book. They're really complex. Um, and just overall, it just it just has a real page-turner feel to it. Um, I, I enjoyed the heck out of it when I, when I read it. Um, so if uh, this woman, I know she's, she's got her three main offers, but if she, uh, if she has not read uh, Jeffrey Deaver yet, you might want to uh, see if you can uh, see if she's interested in getting set up with him. Um, would, I would say start with The Bone Collector, but he does. There's over 10 books in the Lincoln Rhyme series. Um, I can't remember exactly how many, but I do know it's in double digits. So if she likes him, uh, there will be uh, plenty more to uh, to keep her busy. All right. So my first recommendation is sort of like my safe pick. I'm doing air quotes around that that you can't see um, <laughs> because like she's this is a 92 year old woman. Like she probably knows what she likes and is not maybe I don't know. Actually, I don't want to make judgmental statements, prejudiced statements against this woman. Uh, but the safe pick that I have is Kathy Reichs. She wrote or is writing uh, the Temperance Brennan series, which was is probably best well known now because it was adapted into the TV show Bones. But if you've seen the TV show Bones, the books are completely different. Like they, there's like literally nothing the same about them other than the fact that the main character's name is Temperance Brennan and she's a forensic anthropologist. Um, so yeah, this is another one. The reason why I think this might be a good pick is because there's like that like Kathy Reichs has a style and the series has a style. Um, so you kind of know what you're getting into with the books. Um, so the first book is called Deja Dead. And uh, you are following again, Temperance Brennan, who um, 
works in North Carolina. She's one of the only forensic anthropologists in North America. And so basically that means is she looks at the human remains at crime scenes when um, the body is too decomposed in order to uh, get evidence. And so her job is to like do, you know, scientific work on it in order to um, help the investigation. Um, so yeah, like this is another one of those mystery writers where she – she has a series and if you've read the first couple of books you know what her series is about um she does build on the characters later on in the series so i think it's good to start at the beginning and sort of work your way through um there's like um, i think at least i think she's at like 20 books or something like that with this series she's been writing them since the 90s um and it's still a very popular series obviously there are some books that are better than others um but i think that uh, Deja Dead would be a good place to start. And then again, if she ends up liking the series, there are more than enough books for uh, her to be able to work her way through. Um, so again, that's by Kathy Reichs. Yeah, the the term that comes to mind is, is a buttload, which I learned is actually a real term. Like it's an actual like measurement term about oh like gosh. how many things that you can fit into like the back of a wagon or something like that. Oh my gosh, I'm totally going to be Googling that later. <laughs> yeah, someone in, my, someone in my department uh looked that up and I was like, oh my gosh, you, the, the more you know, this is fantastic. Yeah, for real. <laughs> um, so my second suggestion um, to kind of go with the legal thriller element, since you mentioned John Grisham, is Blood Defense by Marsha Clark. Um, so she has at least a couple of different series. Uh, this is the first book in one of her newer series um, that follows main character Samantha Brinkman, who is uh, a criminal defense attorney in Los Angeles. Um, in this first book, she lands a really high-profile double murder with um i think the victim is a uh, the victim was a well-known um was a well-known tv star and the defendant is a veteran detective from from the lapd so this is a huge case um and so she uh so she's hoping that this will really solidify her reputation as, you know, a heavy hitter in the world of criminal law and defense law. Um, and so she, uh, so Samantha, uh, she has her doubts about the defendant's innocence, but she and her two associates take the case. Um, and Samantha really pulls out all the stops. She's, um, as a person, she's known for living by her own rules and just kind of, you know, following her own moral code, you know, laws be damned kind of thing. Um, but there, um, but as she uncovers more about this case, um, it also dredges up some really, some really troubling things from, from her past as the, as these types of cases and books, uh, tend to do. Um, the one of the reviews of this book did there was a mention of rape, so I will give a possible trigger warning for that. I'm not sure to what extent that plays in the story, but I will give a heads up in case that is a no go. Um, and I won't give more away about the book. Um, this is this is one I haven't read uh, haven't read yet, um, but it is the first in the series. Um, I can say that from uh, from our mystery readers at my library, uh, Marsha Clark is pretty popular. We um, I, we have I think 
uh, the few books that she's written in this particular series, which was published, I think, in 20, yeah, 2016. Um, so it's definitely a newer one. Um, so there aren't as many books to get interested in. But um, if you're if this person is looking for, you know, she's read John Grisham, if she's read the kind of the big legal thrillers, this might be something to kind of give her give her a little taste of something new. Um, so again, that is Blood Defense by Marsha Clark. All right. And then again, I have like two more that I'm going to kind of just go through really quickly. The next author that I think you could try, and again, these are more stretch recommendations. So depending on like how, uh, I don't know, open she is to uh, more gritty or more like contemplative work these these books are sort of like your mileage may vary on these recommendations um so the first one is dennis lahane who is a very popular writer again but it's very possible that she hasn't read any of his books um i would say like go with one of his standalones to see sort of how she fares with it um i think the one that i would probably go with is mystic river um, or Shutter Island. Um, those are sort of like the two that I would go between. He does have like a series, but it's sort of more noir. And I don't think that that is necessarily going to be her jam if her, if what she likes is like John Grisham and things like that. Um, so I would say like go with Mystic River or Shutter Island if you're going to go with a Dennis Lehane book for her. The other recommendation is, you know, our podcast favorite, Attica Locke. <laughs> um, so for that, I think that the good one to start with for this recommendation would be Blackwater Rising, which I think is the first book that Attica Locke wrote. Um, It's the first book also in a series. And so the second book is called Pleasantville. This one is uh, You're Following a Lawyer, um, which is part of the reason why I think that this would be a better recommendation. It takes place in the 1980s in Texas. um, I want to say in Houston. And you are following this character named Jay, who is a lawyer again in Houston, but he's not like doing super well. Um, he's like barely getting by because he um, he's black and he deals with a lot of clients who are of lower income. And so a lot of times they're like paying him in like favors and things like that um, instead of actually just like paying him in cash or whatever. And uh, one day he decides that he wants to do something nice for his wife. And so he ends up buying tickets to this like boat cruise sort of situation on the bayou. And while they're on the cruise together, um, they hear a, two gunshots and then a woman screams. Um, and then they see like a woman sort of uh, come through on the brush and it falls into the water and Jay jumps into the water and she saves her life. And it turns out that obviously this woman is in um, – she's an escort um, who – was like with someone who is slightly like known in the city and she won't exactly say like what the gunshots were about or like what's really going on in the situation. And Jay becomes sort of like obsessed with this um, case almost. Um, So yeah, it's a really good story. Like it's not my favorite Attica Locke, but I think it's not my favorite because it feels like a standard mystery to me, but that might make it perfect for this recommendation. Um, So again, the first one is called Blackwater Rising. um, And I think that that's a good one where it's like a little bit of a stretch from like the John Grishams and whatnot, but it's not too much of a stretch, I think, for this request. 
Okay. So, um, so now we are on to our uh, fourth and final question. Uh, so we have um, we have a question that reads: um, I read The Alienist a couple of years ago, and my husband listened to the audiobook in anticipation of the TNT series. He isn't a huge fiction fan, but really loved the historic, atmospheric world of The Alienist. Can you recommend any favorite books in this vein? And that is from Heather. Uh, so, uh, Rincey, why don't you go ahead and kick this one off? All right. The first one that I have is uh, The Pale Blue Eye by Louis Bayard. Um, this one takes place in eighteen mid-1800s-ish. Um, and you the thing with the alienness is that it incorporates like real-life people into the story. And in this one, you are following um, detective and young cadet Edgar Allan Poe. Um, so I think that this book would be a really good sort of read alike because it takes place in this historic atmosphere in uh, New York City, I want to say. Um, and West Point Academy. West Point, thank you. Um, and I think that like with the inclusion of Edgar Allan Poe, it'll hit or ring a lot of those similar bells. Um, basically, he's uh, a young cadet is found um, at West Point, um, his body like it looks like a suicide. It looks like he's he's hanging from a rope. So they assume it's a suicide, but um, they as they look into it, it looks like um, someone has gone into the body and removed the heart. And then you can imagine with Edgar Allan Poe, just sort of how that's going to go down. Um, so yeah, I think The Pale Blue Eye by Louis Bayard would be a good recommendation. Um, okay, so uh, my first suggestion is The Gods of Gotham by Lindsay Fay. Um, this takes place in 1845 New York City, um, so it's about eh, it's about 40, 50 years before um, before The Alienist, which was uh, late 1800s. Um, and at this, uh, for Gods of Gotham, this actually is right around the time that the, that the NYPD was actually first formed, um, which is a kind of another interesting tie-in because the alienist is about kind of the, uh, the NYPD, like the, some of the modernization and new techniques that they're trying to use in the resistance, um, that is being met from within the, within the department. Um, but it, uh, the, the crime that is, that's being investigated in Gods of Gotham is, uh, mass is basically a mass murder of children. So, trigger warning: if anyone picks up this book, if if uh, children in peril is uh, is an issue, um, please uh, you know bear that in mind for this book. Um, but the uh, the main the main character who I have to double check on his name it is Tim. Uh, he. Um, he uh one night he's making his rounds he's one of the he's one of the first um one of the first police officers and he literally runs into a girl who's maybe 10 years old running through the dark and she's covered head to toe in blood um and then this leads him uh, she he takes her home and she tells him all these stories saying that there are dozens of bodies that are that are buried in the forest and he's not sure whether to believe her or not um, but as he kind of investigates to find out what's what's going on, there more information starts coming out. This you know this mass murder. There's you know there are these there's these children that were that were killed. Um, and what makes this one again? I think I think a really good um, recommendation for the alienist 
is the, the in the alienness, there are lots of different things going on at that time. There's all kinds of social upheaval. There's, um, you know, there's conflict within the police department, all of like just lots of stuff coming together at like in this perfect storm. And the same thing happens with this book. Um, there's political scandal that's going on, the, um, the potato famine, and there's a lot of anti-Irish sentiments that are going through the city. Um, the details of the murder indicate that, that it may, may have been committed by a uh, religious fanaticist uh, with Catholic ties, which ties into the anti-Irish sen- sentiments. So there's, again, it's kind of this, this dark, gritty, perfect storm of social upheaval happening in New York City, which really, like, I, I can't think of a better suggestion to try um, it for fans of The Alienist. Um, when I was looking through, uh, when I was um, skimming through some of the reviews for this book, like, multiple people said, people, if you liked The Alienist, if you like Caleb Carr, you're really going to like this book. Um, so again, that is Gods of Gotham by Lindsay Fay. All right, my... Next suggestion is The Dante Club by Matthew Pearl. Uh, This one also takes place in the 1800s, this one in Boston. And you are following this group of like famous writers. So there's Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, uh, Dr. Oliver Wendell Holmes, James Russell Lowell. Um, They are all working together to uh, finish doing the first translation of The Divine Comedy by Dante. When uh, they basically find out that there are a series of murders that are taking place throughout Boston and Cambridge that are based on um, the different levels of hell um, in Dante's Inferno. And so this uh, group decides or this group basically comes together to try to find the killer before, um, you know, it gets worse. (laughs) I was like, I didn't know how I was going to end that sentence. Um, So yeah, again, all things along the same lines. Um, It's following like all of these uh, interesting, well-known people from history. Um, You don't necessarily need to have read like Dante's Inferno in order to like enjoy the book. Like you obviously get to know the levels as you continue on. Um, So don't feel like that should be a stopping point. Um, But again, it takes place in Boston in the 1860s. And so I feel like that would, again, create that atmosphere that um, he really liked. So yeah, again, that's The Dante Club by Matthew Pearl. Okay. And then my last suggestion is actually a nonfiction um, suggestion, um, since uh, he tends to like nonfiction more than fiction. Uh, this is So this is historical true crime called The Midnight Assassin, Panic Scandal, and the Hunt for America's First Serial Killer by Skip Hollinsworth. Um, so I will, I will say what's unusual or about this true crime book is that it, it is talking about a cold case. So we don't know who the midnight assassin is i will i will mention that it's not you know that's not really giving anything away um and uh it in some people like they want to know who done it um this book you don't know who done it um but it's this fascinating story 
of um, uh, that most people are completely unaware of. I was unaware of that until um, unaware of this until I first picked up the book. Um, in the late 1800s, there was a serial killer who was um, who was stalking Austin, Texas. Um, there was um, this was in 1885. Um, and so this was um to kind of put this in perspective this is slightly slightly before um when Jack the Ripper was going through London to give an idea of the time frame um for almost a year this this mysterious serial killer the midnight assassin he would crisscross through the city he would take advantage of you know the the lack of electricity um and use axes knives steel rods and he he brutally murdered women of every race, every class. Um, at first he was, he was murdering, uh, servants. Um, he, there were, uh, multiple, uh, black women that were killed, but it wasn't until he killed, um, a more well-to-do white woman that this kind of started to gain public attention. Um, at the time, the concept of a serial killer was just completely unthinkable, but, as these murders continued to happen, they had the the city officials and the police had to had to kind of you know they had to realize that this is this is the same person. Some there's one person they are doing and they are doing this to all of these different people. Um, at least a dozen men were arrested in connection with the murders. Um, they uh, newspapers describe this as the most extensive and profound scandal ever known in Austin. Basically, the city could not get its act together. It wanted to find the person, put a stop to it, and they couldn't. They just they bungled the whole thing. And there all of these theories about who it was. And then after a year. The person disappeared. And there's even a theory that this person, whoever whoever he was, may have shown up several years later in London as as we know him as Jack the Ripper. So there 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 are theories that this this person was actually was actually Jack the Ripper before he went over before he started killing in London. So that that alone is I think it is a really fascinating lead or a fasc- fascinating um, angle to to look at this story from. So uh, even though we don't know who this actually is, it doesn't have the satisfaction of you know finding out who done it at the end of a mystery. But the gritty historical detail is there. It's dark. It's fast paced. It reads like a novel. Um, and if you are interest, more interested in nonfiction than fiction, this would this is probably going to ring a bunch of those bells um, that that made you really that um, that ring a lot of the same bells for the Alienist. Um, and it's a fairly short book too. I'm pretty sure it's under 300 pages, um, but it's really fascinating. And it's a it's a story that not not a ton of people. Um, know about it's a book not a ton of people um know about so this this is one of those suggestions i like to keep in my back pocket for people um but again the uh the book is the midnight assassin panic scandal and the hunt for america's first serial killer and that is by skip hollinsworth so i muted my uh microphone while you were talking and so you didn't get to hear me like audibly gas when you made said that (laughs) this person could have 
like traveled to London and been Jack the Ripper. Like that was just like, <laughs> like I literally like had an audible, like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I know that was one of the things when I, when I first heard about this book, I was looking through it and there are like, some people think he was Jack the Ripper. I'm like, say what? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, so just throw that theory into the Jack the Ripper mix. It's like, you think you knew what happened, Jack the Ripper? Maybe not. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So that's all of the recommendations that we have. So thanks so much again to everyone who wrote in. Hopefully, these were helpful recommendations um if you end up picking up one of these books if you're one of the people who like just ask for recommendations for yourself or like you end up gifting this book or anything like that please let us know we would love to hear stories like that yes um and uh since this since we had uh the recommendations we knew this was going to be a lengthier segment and because there really aren't that many books coming out in december which i think is so stupid with the holiday season but whatever publishing industry is not going to listen to me um we uh for this episode we have put uh the new releases um we put that on the back burner we will return with new releases next week um so let's let's go ahead uh we'll we'll just uh let's finish this off what are what have you uh been uh finishing Rincy. I know you had your uh, week off last week. Yes. Uh, did you get your reading done? I did. I read like seven books. <gasps> I'm so jealous. Yeah, it was great. I actually think I stressed myself out about reading a little bit just because I was like, I have time off. I have to read. Um, but I enjoyed a handful of those books. So it was worth it. Um, and so the two like relevant mystery-ish books that I read, um, the first one is The Impossible Girl by Lydia King, which I think I mentioned that I was reading during the last episode. Actually, I'm not sure about that. Um, this is a historical fiction book that has like a slight mystery element to it. It takes place in 1850s Manhattan, and you are following this character named Coralie, who uh, was born with two hearts. Um, and then you like see her as an adult, and she has become a resurrectionist, which means that she basically is a grave robber and she gets like tips from local doctors and anatomists about like people who have like different weird physical ailments or anomalies or anything like that like there's a woman who has a slight tail or a man who has like a weird skin thing um and so she like specifically digs up those bodies for these uh anatomists because they like to either um use them at uh, the medical schools to help uh, the people learn about the, these things or so they can like learn more about the human body, blah, blah, blah. Um, so anyways, she's also a resurrectionist because there's always been this rumor since she was born that there was a girl with two hearts out in the world. And um, the story basically starts off with her like finding out that some of the people that she knows about who have these physical anomalies are showing up dead before like it really seems like they should have died. And it turns out that someone's murdering these people in order to uh, get paid because these bodies get uh, a higher price for gravediggers because they are like unusual. And then it turns out that someone might actually be out to murder Coralie. Um, so yeah, if you enjoy historical mysteries or historical fiction in general, I think that this is a good one to pick up. Um, there are some things in here that are pretty obvious from the beginning, um, but it's not like the mystery stuff. Like there is a little bit of a romance and things like that in this story. And it's like pretty obvious from the beginning how it's going to go down. Um, there is a lot of like really interesting commentary about like women because like Coralie is obviously a woman. And so um, she also goes out into society as a man and that whole thing is explained and so there's like a lot of commentary in terms of like how she's treated when she's dressed like a woman versus treated when she's dressed like a man um 
But yeah, I thought the mystery was really interesting and there's a lot of stuff that happens towards the end that I found to be really surprising and shocking. Um, so yeah, again, if you like historical mysteries, you might like this one. And again, that's called The Impossible Girl by Liddy King. Um, the other one that I read is Hashtag Fashion Victim by Amina Carr which I think we've talked about on previous episodes, um, maybe just in passing. But this was just like a really fun, slightly silly book. Uh, the way that it's pitched is Devil Wears Prada meets American Psycho, which is a really great uh summary of like what this book is like um it's written but i would also throw in something like heathers or clueless or something along those lines um because it has it since it takes place in the fashion world the way that it's written is that very like satirical um i don't want to say like valley girl but sort of that like air heady um sort of style um so that's like one thing that i do want to sort of like give people a heads up about like the writing style for me personally took a little bit for me to get into. But once you realize like you're in this sort of satirical slasher book, then like you just get comfortable with the style and then you kind of go along for the ride. So yeah, it's literally just like watching or watching, like reading a slasher movie. Um, The main character is this woman who works at a fashion magazine um, and she becomes obsessed with um, her basically like competition for this higher up position. Um, And like, and like, I don't want to say more than that because I think part of the fun for me with this book was sort of seeing how things escalate. Um, There were a lot of things that happened that I was not expecting. And yeah, I don't think this book turns out the way that anyone would expect just by reading the blurb. So yeah, if, Devil Wears Prada meets American Psycho appeals to you as a pitch. I really do recommend picking up Hashtag Fashion Victim um, because the story in the beginning, it seems like you know exactly what it's going to do, but by the end, it's not at all what it does, which I really liked. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's all I got to say. I'm sorry. It's it's on my it's it's on my arc shelf. Um <laughs> I will get to it soon. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a fast read too, because I think it's also less than 300 pages and, uh, or maybe it's like three fifty less than 350. Um, and, and I have the art copy too, and it's a pretty big font. So it's not, it's like one of those where it's like, you could easily get through that in like as good, like if you have an open Saturday or something and you just want something like, that's like a fast paced book. It's a really good one. I will I will put that one aside. Um, and then I'm just going to finish this up. I have finished nothing. Um, I started Bluebird Bluebird by Attica Locke, but life has gotten in the way. And unfortunately, I have not been able to make much progress with it, even though her writing is magical and beautiful and it's dark and gritty and everything that I wanted it to be. Um, so I'm going to keep I'm going to keep up, keep with that one. Um, life is is just being a pain in the butt right now. Um, and hopefully I will have something more interesting for our next episode. <laughs> That's okay. I had plenty to talk about, so and we already <laughs> talked about like so many books this episode. So really, I know it's fine. Yeah, if you've stuck <laughs> if you've stuck with us for this extra long episode, hey, we love you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so on that note, um, that's our show. 
<laughs> Thanks so much to everyone for listening. Uh, for show notes, you can head to bookriot.com slash listen and click on the Red or Dead page. There will be links to all of the books that we mentioned here, as well as uh, links to the news articles for those adaptations that we talked about at the top of the show. If you enjoyed the podcast, definitely leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so that way other people can find us and discover our podcast and join us in talking about mysteries, thrillers, suspense, true crime books. Um, if you have any like questions or comments about mysteries or thrillers or you have suggestions for future episodes um, or if you want recommendations because technically we still do recommendations all the time <laughs> that could just be like a future episode topic just frame it in that way um, you can email us at redderdead at bookriot.com um, we see those emails and we are working our way through the recommendations and we love hearing the show suggestions from you guys because you guys come up with some really interesting topics um, so definitely don't hesitate to send those our way if you have any um, otherwise uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Rincy A. And I am on Twitter at KT underscore Library Lady. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.